just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is a Thursday. It's the early morning hours of a Thursday. And I'm sitting here by myself in a hotel room in Las Vegas, Nevada, right on the Las Vegas Strip. Now you're probably wondering, did it get wild and crazy yesterday? Are you going to leave it in Las Vegas? Well, it was pretty tame. Not a lot happened. We got in. We settled in. We walked around for a bit. I took about a a two-and-a-half-hour nap, went back out again, did some more sightseeing, and then I came right back home. Tomorrow, we're going to see a basketball game, maybe tour the uh, Raiders' new stadium, but nothing crazy, nothing impressive. Uh, But nonetheless, I'm here in Las Vegas. And I wanted to do a podcast. Now, I'm starting this much later than I normally start it for a couple of reasons. First of all, Las Vegas is two hours earlier than Minnesota. Secondly, I was out walking around. And when we found ourselves at a point where we were going to go back to our rooms, it's quite a fucking distance away. I'm not used to walking this much, and I'm not exceptionally fast. So it took me a while to get back. But yet here I am. And I have the luxury of a room all to myself. I can say and do whatever I want for as long as I want. So, (laughs) we'll push forward. We'll start things out with an email. This comes from Roy. Roy starts out, I normally do not send two emails to you in one week, but the level of criminality is almost too much to fathom. What you did not mention in today's podcast is that Fonnie Willis has asked a judge to approve search warrants for the criminals involved in Georgia, a much proactive approach to her pending case versus Merrick Garland going through the bells and whistles as his approach. Your thoughts, Roy? Well, first of all, Roy, I didn't forget to talk about that. I recorded it at about 1 o'clock yesterday morning, so that information had not come out as yet. As soon as I got it, I recognized it, and guess what? That's the first thing we're going to talk about. So, Roy, I appreciate you staying on top of it for me, but give me a minute. I will get to it. So, following up on Roy's story... The Georgia prosecutors investigating whether former President Donald Trump and his allies broke the law trying to overturn his 2020 election lost in the state uh, is seeking search warrants in the case, a sign that the wide-ranging probe has entered a new phase. The revelation came Monday in a court order filed by Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney who's overseeing the special grand jury seated to help the investigation. In an order sealing any search warrants and related documents from being made public, McBurney wrote that District Attorney Fonnie Willis's office is now seeking to obtain and execute a series of search warrants, the affidavits for which are predicated on a sensitive information acquired during the investigation. So... 
They apparently found something, something suspicious, that now causes them to want to do some searches. Now, as you just heard, sounds like these searches will be sealed. They won't talk about them. Unless some of the dumb frucks, like Donald Trump or some of the other people that might be searched, start screaming about it. Then we'll hear about it. So we'll see what happens. Disclosure of the information could compromise the investigation, McBurney wrote, by, among other things, causing flight from prosecution. So they're worried people are going to run. Destruction or tampering with evidence and intimidation of potential witnesses. It could also result in risk to the safety and well-being of people involved in the investigation, he wrote. It wasn't immediately clear who the targets of the search warrants are or whether any search warrants had yet to be approved by the judge. To obtain a search warrant, prosecutors must convince a judge that they have probable cause that a crime occurred at the location where the authorities want to search. And this is interesting. You wonder what they're searching for. Now, Donald Trump obviously committed a crime here, but he was calling from out of state. Would you search his office in Mar-a-Lago or, or in the White House, the Oval Office? I doubt that. As Willis's investigation ramps up, the public court filings in the case have provided a rare window into the workings of a special grand jury that meets behind closed doors. Everything about a grand jury is secret, so we don't normally hear much of anything. Willis, a Democrat, opened the investigation early last year, shortly after the release of a recording of a January 2nd, 2021 call in which Trump suggested that Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger could find the votes needed to overturn the loss to Joe Biden. Now, in addition, the Trump-Raffensperger call, Willis confirmed early that uh, she was investigating a call that Republican U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina made to Raffensperger, the sudden departure of the U.S. attorney in Atlanta in early January 2021, and statements made during legislative committee meetings by people pushing debunking claims, casting doubt on the legitimacy of the state's elections. Now, court filings in recent months have also shown that Willis is interested in a slate of fake electors. Oh, there you go. There's where the search warrants are going, into those fuckers that thought they were electors when they were fake electors. They signed a certificate in December 2020 falsely stating that Trump had won the state and that they were the state's duly elected and qualified electors. She said in a court filing that the 16 Georgia Republicans who signed the certificate have all been notified that they are targets of the investigation, meaning they could very well be indicted and face criminal charges. But now these people thought they were doing the right thing. They were saving America and lying for Donald Trump. Now these folks... If you ever want to know the term, what the term fuck around and find out means, you might want to call one of these motherfuckers because they're finding out now. Attorneys for Rudy Giuliani, a former New York mayor and Trump lawyer, say their client has also been notified that he's a target of Willis's investigation. 
He appeared at a state legislative committee hearings in December of 2020 and made claims of election fraud in Georgia. He went and visited. Giuliani was also involved in coordinating the fake elector plan. Willis wrote in a court filing he testified before the special grand jury in August. Now, Willis's investigation has also expanded into a breach of voting equipment at the elections office in rural Georgia County, some 200 miles southeast of Atlanta. You remember that story. Apparently, there were some Trump fucks fucking with the, uh, the, uh, the uh, election machines. Documents, emails, security, video, and depositions, testimony produced in response to subpoenas in a long-running lawsuit have shown that lawyer Sidney Powell, there's another one, and other Trump allies hired a computer forensic team to go to uh, Coffee County to make complete copies of the data and software on elections equipment there. Willis is seeking testimony from Powell and has also requested documents from the company that employs the computer forensic team. Yeah, this is going to be a problem. And Sidney Powell is a fucking nutcase. It'll be interesting to see if she testifies and what kind of bullshit she throws out. You know, I was thinking about this. Sidney Powell and Jenny Thomas could come together for some crazy morning show team on a radio station. They're both goofy as fuck, and they'd be perfect for the radio. Another thread Willis seems to be pursuing is alleged attempts to pressure a Fulton County election worker. A petition filed last month indicates she wants to question Harrison Floyd, a director of Black Voices for Trump. Willis said in the petition that Floyd and Travian Kuti, whom Willis described as a Chicago-based purported publicist, tried to uh, pressure Ruby Freeman. Freeman and her daughter, Wandria Shea Moss, were election workers falsely accused by Trump allies of pulling fraudulent ballots from a suitcase under the ballot counting. You remember that story. These poor women did absolutely nothing wrong, and then they had to go into hiding because they were getting death threats. Fucking animals. As the investigation has progressed, a number of the people who have been summoned to testify have tried to avoid testifying. Most have been unsuccessful. Now, of course, Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican who's facing a re-election challenge from Democrat Stacey Abrams, managed to delay his testimony until after next month's election. But he's going to have to fucking talk. Now, Graham's attempt to fight his subpoena is currently pending before a federal appeals court. Willis has said in a court filing that she wants to talk to Graham about calls he made to Raffensperger and his staff in which he reportedly asked about re-examining certain absentee ballots cast in Georgia in order to explore the possibility of a more favorable outcome. For former President Donald Trump, Graham has denied any wrongdoing and said his status as a senator shields him from having to testify. Well, what he's saying is when he made that call, he was doing normal duties for his job. Question is, is since when does a senator from South Carolina have duties where he's required to call the attorney general of Georgia and try to get him to overthrow the election. I don't know. I think I think Lindsey Graham might be wrong about this one. What do you think? 
A number of high-ranking Georgia state officials, including Raffensperger and Attorney General Chris Carr, have already testified before the special grand jury. Others in Trump's orbit who've undergone questioning include attorneys John Eastman and Kenneth Cheesebro. And the panel is still expecting testimony from others, including former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting, and it's going to be interesting who these searches are on. Uh, the thing about it is is that um, we probably won't hear about it unless Donald Trump or these fake electors start screaming about it. Remember, when they searched Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago, the FBI didn't announce that they were doing it and didn't announce it after they were doing it. The only reason we heard about it was because Donald Trump started whining on True Social about how he'd been raided. Once again, Donald Trump fucks it up for himself. Nobody had to know about this search until after the fact, but Donald Trump made sure everybody knew. This was kind of an interesting story, and I, I, I kind of like it. Some people might think it's embarrassing, but frankly, I think it's about fucking time. President Joe Biden was caught dropping an expletive on a hot mic while having what appeared to be a laid-back conversation with a Florida official during his visit to the state on Wednesday. Biden was recorded during an exchange with Fort Myers Beach Mayor Ray Murphy while he toured the beach town, one of the multiple areas severely hit by Hurricane Ian. Murphy can be heard thanking Biden for coming to the state before both officials exchange the phrase, keep the faith. You got to give Joe Biden credit. He is down there. He got uh, down there early. But then Joe Biden said something interesting. And again, for some folks, this might be embarrassing. I think it's fucking awesome. Joe Biden said, no one fucks with a Biden. The president told Murphy while shaking his hand. The mayor laughed and responded, yeah, you're goddamn right. While much of the conversation was inaudible, Biden followed his comment by saying, you can't argue with reporters outside the House. Murphy agreed with him before Biden said goodbye. The White House did not immediately respond to HuffPost's request for clarification around Biden's conversation with Murphy and the context of the expletive. You really think they're going to fucking tell you? You're eavesdropping on a personal conversation and we're supposed to explain it all to you? I don't care what he was talking about. I'm glad he's taking a strong attitude for once because that's out of character for Democrats. The exchange was at least the second time Biden was caught on a hot mic dropping expletives. Earlier this year, he was heard calling Fox News reporter Pete Ducey a stupid son of a bitch. Again, completely accurate. After he asked a question about inflation, Ducey later said Biden called him after the incident and that the two had a nice call. Well, that's sweet. Peter Ducey's a fucking dipshit. Don't call me. Because it won't be a nice call, Pete. Biden was touring Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel, two of the worst hit areas, thanks to Hurricane Ian. The Category 4 storm was a result, resulted in over 100 deaths and left many Floridians homeless and without power. 
What the governor has done is pretty remarkable, Biden said, of Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, one of the most prominent critics of Joe Biden. And a 2024 presidential hopeful, Biden was joined by DeSantis and Republican Senator Rick Scotch. Scotch. (laughs) Rick Scott, another staunch critic. Now, today, we have one job and only one job, and that's to make sure the people in Florida get everything they need to fully, thoroughly recover, Biden said. It's going to take a hell of a long time, hopefully without any snags in the way. Later, after the television cameras have moved on, we're still going to be here with you. This is something Donald Trump didn't do. Remember Puerto Rico? Remember Puerto Rico? What did he do? He went down there, praised himself for going down there, and then he flew through paper towels to the people. It was a fucking insult. And then never provided much in the way of funds or any help for Puerto Rico after being devastated by a hurricane. As I told you before, you folks in Florida can at least feel comfort in knowing that uh, that's not going to happen here with Joe Biden on the job. Regardless of who you voted for, what party you're affiliated with, Joe Biden is going to take care of you. He is the president of the United States, and his duty to protect all citizens of the United States, regardless of party. Now, I'd like to say every president does that, but Donald Trump does not. Donald Trump tried to rub the Democrats' face in a lot of situations, tried to slight them, because that's who Donald Trump is. He's a whiny little fucking bitch. He's immature, and he's stupid. You folks in Florida that are big-time Republicans, you can take a look at Joe Biden and see what a real adult is like, what a real president is like. You are in your hour of need. This is when you need help the most, and guess who showed up? Not the Republicans, the Democrats, and Joe Biden. Remember that when you go to the voting booth in November. Who was there when you needed them the most? Your Lord and Savior Donald Trump, not so much. The Republicans, not really. Ron DeSantis has spent months and months trying to kick Joe Biden's ass over and over again. He's lied about Joe Biden, lied about the Democrats. He over and over again tried to kick Joe Biden's ass. But guess what? Things get rough in Florida. A hurricane hits. The people of his state are devastated. Ron DeSantis all all of a sudden isn't kicking Joe Biden's ass. He's kissing Joe Biden's ass, as he should do. Now, had that been Donald Trump, he'd been mad at the governor. He wouldn't have done jack shit for him. That's the kind of people Republicans are. Democrats are not. Joe's going to put as much work as he can into this situation, pour enough money to try to make everybody whole again. And why? Well, because that's his fucking job. Donald Trump just wasn't aware of what his job description entailed. Now, here's an interesting story. This adds to an already bombshell-type story. The woman who said she had an abortion that was encouraged and paid for by Herschel Walker is also the mother 
of one of his known children. Jesus Christ. So not only did she have an abortion at Herschel Walker's insistence, she got pregnant again by Herschel Walker. This time there was no no, uh, abortion. But now in her home is the offspring of Herschel Walker. Has this fucker ever put it back in his pants? Jesus Christ. I know you were rich and famous and all that sort of stuff. Does that mean you have to go around assaulting and taking advantage of people? And and you want us to believe you're a godly, a godly um, follower of Jesus Christ? I uh, I find that hard to believe. An explosive report published by the Daily Beast earlier this week, the anonymous woman said that while she was dating Walker, now an anti-abortion candidate in Georgia, he urged her to have an abortion and then reimbursed her. She provided documents, including an image of a personal check she said he sent to repay her for the abortion. Walker, a former college football and NFL standout, called the accusation a flat-out lie. On Fox News Wednesday morning, he was asked if he knew who the woman could be. Not at all, he said. And that's what I hope everyone can see. It's sort of like everyone is anonymous or everyone is leaking. And they want you to confess something you have no clue about. But it just shows how desperate Democrats are right now. That's an interesting statement and clearly a lie. Now, if she'd only been the woman who had the abortion at his insistence, that would be one thing. But now we find out she also has one of his known children. But Herschel Walker says he doesn't know this woman. That seems highly unlikely. If we really want to find out if he knows this woman and if he's lying, all you have to do is get DNA from the kid. And it will have Herschel Walker's DNA all over it. It amazes me how these people think they can get away with lies. They get caught every fucking time. But they try, and they try, and they try. It's surprising Walker had trouble working out her identity. She apparently is the mother of one of the children he has publicly acknowledged as his own. He said, I have this child. But he also says, I I never heard of the mom. Interesting. The Daily Beast said the woman had proved she is the mother of one of his children. She told the news outlet that she was stunned by his defense. But I guess it also doesn't shock me that maybe there are just so many of us that he truly doesn't remember, she said. But then again, if you really forgot about it, that says something too. Yes, ma'am, it does say a lot. Now, when Walker started his campaign, he had not publicly disclosed that he had more than one child, 23-year-old son Christian Walker, whom he co-parented with his ex-wife. But in June, it was disclosed that he had another son, age 10, with another woman. Days later, another report surfaced, leading him to confirm he was also had a 13-year-old son and a daughter that he fathered in college. Walker has been a frequent 
critic of absentee fathers. He also claimed to be vehemently opposed to abortion rights and said in May he'd support a ban of the procedure with no exceptions. The woman who spoke to the Daily Beast said initially she decided to come forward uh, come forward because I just can't with the hypocrisy anymore. Yeah, I, th- I would say... Uh, uh, I would say that's a little hypocrisy. He didn't accept responsibility for the kid we did have together, and now he isn't accepting responsibility for the one that we didn't have, He said, she said Wednesday. That says so much about how he views the role of women in childbirth versus his own. And now he wants to take that choice away from other women and couples. After the first story broke earlier this week, Christian Walker lashed out in a series of tweets. He said, I know my mom and I would really appreciate if my father, Herschel Walker, stopped lying and making a mockery of us. Christian Walker is a conservative social media influencer. You're not a family man. You left us to bang a bunch of other women, threatened to kill us, and had us move over six times in six months, running from your violence. Yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like Herschel's not that great a guy. As much as he claims to be a follower of God and against abortion, the facts would tell us something else, doesn't it? Herschel Walker has also been accused of violence and domestic abuse by multiple women, including Christian Walker's mother, Cindy DeAngelis Grossman, to whom he was married from 1983 to 2002. So Herschel Walker, he's in a world of hurt right now. And here's the interesting thing. A lot of people are disappointed in Herschel Walker, but there are politicians, Republican politicians, And you know what they're saying? They're saying, oh, it's a hoax. It's fake news. It never happened. The women are liars. Now, normally in a situation like this, when something bad happens, an October surprise, if you will, happens to a candidate, they would try to pull them out of there and replace them with somebody else to try to save some face. Unfortunately, we're about 30 days away from the election, and there's no time to do that. And that's typically not Republican strategy. They're more in line with gaslighting and lying and trying to change the narrative. Well, that's not going to work on this one. They're saying, one lady I saw, I think she was from the NRA, said, I don't care. I don't care if he paid for an abortion. All I want is power back in the Senate. And that's the thing Republicans have to take a look at and consider. For decades, Republicans have claimed to be fighting to overturn Roe v. Wade for the evangelicals and other Republicans. For decades, this has been going on. And then just this year, they accomplished it. They overturned Roe v. Wade, much to their chagrin. They did it a little too early. See, they should have done it after the midterms because that one decision will probably destroy them in the midterms. But here's what you've got to understand. They told you they were fighting for your opinion in terms of the abortion. They were fighting for you, so you need to vote for us. You need to 
donate money to us. But the moment something comes up with Herschel Walker and makes the whole thing difficult, what do they do? They excuse Herschel Walker for insisting somebody have an abortion and paying for said abortion. They're okay with it for now, not because they care about policy or procedure or ideology or anything like that. All they care about is power and money, and that's what they're doing. So you Republicans, you watch this very carefully and understand if you vote for a Republican based on the things they believe, keep in mind, at some point down the road, it may be more expeditious for them to change it, go the 180-degree opposite direction so they can get votes or make money. And they'll be going against what you wanted. Because what you want really doesn't matter. It's a matter of what's going to get them votes in power. And overturning Roe v. Wade was that thing. They got so much money out of you saying they're going to be working hard to overturn Roe v. Wade. And you kept sending money. Except now that horse is done. They got nothing to campaign on, nothing to fundraise on. And it's clear when we see what's happening with Herschel Walker, they don't even really care about abortion, whether it's legal or illegal. They only care about what it's going to do for them in the voting booth. So you Republicans, when you decide to vote, and if you're thinking about voting Republicans, remember this. They ain't working for you. They're working for themselves. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back after this. All right, last month, the Department of Justice asked a federal appeals court to speed up its review uh, in an order appointing a special master to analyze documents seized by the FBI from former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. And guess what? They gave it. On Monday, Trump's legal team asked the federal appeals court in Atlanta to deny DOJ's efforts to expedite the case, arguing Trump's team is already crunched for time dealing with a special master review and district court action. That includes going over 11,000 documents, totaling about 200,000 pages, to determine if they're they're protected by attorney-client or executive privilege and litigating any fights over those claims they said, according to Blumberg. Well, if they're classified, they don't fall in that category. It should be pretty easy because most of them are classified. President Trump disagrees with and objects to the government's distorted and argumentative presentation of facts concerning the unprecedented raid of his home, its conduct in these proceedings, and the procedural history of this case, according to the filing. But as Blumberg's Zoe Tillman points out, the court granted the DOJ's request, putting its full appeal for a special master order on an expedited track. Yeah, Donnie Trump loses again. They're going to speed things up as they should be. And this works totally against Donald Trump's strategy. We know Donald Trump's main strategy is to create delays. He can't win. He knows he can't win. But he thinks somehow delaying is a win. The result will be the same. It'll just be somewhat delayed. But Donald Trump is insistent that he do that. All right, next up, longtime Democratic political strategist James Carville 
recently offered a blistering assessment of the Republican Party's candidates or candidate pool for the 2022 midterm election. In short, Carville described the party's candidates as very low-quality candidates. On Tuesday, October 4th, Carville appeared on MSNBC's The 11th Hour, where he shared his opinion. According to Carville, the reason for the seemingly poor candidate selection lies solely in the hands of the party's voters. They have a lot of stupid people that vote in their primaries. They really do. I'm not really supposed to say that, but it's an obvious fact. And you know, when stupid people vote, you know who they nominate. Other stupid people. Carville made the remarks while speaking to MSNBC's anchor Eamon uh, Mohadeen about the latest controversy involving Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker. I'd have to concur with Mr. Carville. He is definitely correct. These people are quite stupid. The Trump-backed Senate candidate and former NFL star who bills himself as a pro-life headlines made headlines this week because it found out he paid for an abortion. The longtime Democratic strategist also shared a critical take on other Republican candidates like uh, Doug Mastriano, the Trump-backed gubernatorial nominee in Pennsylvania and Arizona Senate candidate Blake Masters. The Republican Party's problem is the very low-quality people that vote in their primaries. They're producing predictably very low-quality candidates. Carville reiterated, it is evident. It's right there in front of you. And damned if it isn't. The quality of the candidates are poor. The reason they are poor is because Donald Trump endorsed these candidates, took the craziest, the stupidest, the most conspiracy theory, throwing dumb motherfuckers you could possibly find. He decided to endorse them in the primary so that they would be the candidates. Unfortunately, that was a bad choice because these candidates are going to have a more difficult time beating Democrats, which is not what the Republicans want. In fact, Mitch McConnell has even said that, uh, well, he's almost conceding the uh, Senate for the Republicans. He doesn't see how they are going to get the majority back because of the low-quality candidates. And again, the low-quality candidates um, can be attributed to Donald Trump. And then those people who voted for them the followers and the acolytes and the cultists that follow Donald Trump. So what we're going to see in the midterms is exactly what I I thought we would see. And that, of course, is that uh, there's going to be a lot of Republicans that should have won easily that will get beat. And frankly, I'm all for that. There's nothing. The only thing better than beating a Republican is beating a Republican because they fucked up. And trust me on this, they have fucked up like they've never fucked up before. All right, let's talk about Stuart Rhodes. Elmer Stuart Rhodes with the Oath Keepers. His trial is lurching into its third day. The former wife of the leader of the right-wing extremist group, 
warned that should a jury not find him guilty of seditious conspiracy, and I don't know how that's possible, he will go back to his old ways and be a threat to the country. Well, that's nice. Your ex-wife is giving you a little support, saying, don't let that motherfucker go, because if you let that motherfucker go, he's just going to do it again. All the more reason to keep that bitch locked up. Speaking with CNN, New Day host John Berman, Tasha Adams, who helped Rhodes start up the paramilitary group, said her ex has a knack for inciting others to violence similar to what the country witnessed during the January 6th insurrection. What his relationship or attitude toward violence hosted, Berman asked, He has no limits when it comes to violence. His only limit on violence is what does he think he can get away with, Adams replied, before adding, though he is risk-averse for himself, he doesn't want to get hurt. He certainly has no limits on engineering violence from others the other side, from no limits on justifying it for anything that he thinks is a good case, whatever that may be at any given time, and that can change with someone like him. She's saying he's unpredictable and that he will go back and do exactly what he'd done before. All the more reason to find this gentleman guilty of seditious conspiracy, put him in jail for 20 years, and get him out of society. Clearly, he is a danger to society. How much faith do you believe he had in others to walk the line that he's calling on them to act and for others to behave in the way he was hoping, namely the former president, Donald Trump, the CNN host pressed. She said he really believed he could control people with his voice as long as he got in front of them. This is why I did believe that there was a moment where he asked to speak to Trump directly, she explained. It sounds like him. It sounds like he was becoming fearful and wanted to regain that control, and he wanted to use his voice to manipulate even Donald Trump. Yep, they all think they are the smartest people in the room. So this is a court case and a jury that could decide that he is not guilty. What do you think happens if Stuart Rhodes is found not guilty, Berman asked his ex-wife. If he is found not guilty, he rises again, Adams quickly replied. The only thing stopping him from being the great hero on the extreme right was that for a short time there there they suspected he might be some type of informant. Well, now he's paid his dues in that department. He's been in jail. I believe he even said going to jail would help him in the movement, at least in his eyes of the movement, she added. There's nothing if he's acquitted, stopping him from rising up, becoming a great hero and martyr and leader all at once, doing this all over again. So, and I think, I don't think she's telling us anything we don't know. We certainly know that these people will do it again if given the chance. They still believe Donald Trump uh, won the election and that they are serving the country's best interest to try to overthrow the government and bring Donald Trump back to the presidency. Well, we know that's not going to occur. That's not going to happen. But that's not to suggest they won't try. They will absolutely try to do this. So they need to be held accountable now, 
put in jail because seditious conspiracy is a serious motherfucking crime. You don't just do that and get to walk. And he will not walk. There is no question. He will be convicted and he will serve some time. And remember, there's five of these guys. Four in addition to the leader, Elmer Stewart Rhodes. Now, as I've said in the previous podcast, this is a very important case because if they find these people guilty, well, then they're going to have to seek out those co-conspirators because you can't have a conspiracy without co-conspirators. And those co-conspirators could be sitting members of Congress, people who worked in the White House. It could be virtually anybody that was connected to this sort of thing. And if these folks can be convicted of seditious conspiracy, so can each and every one of those folks. So they have to be shitting their pants. And we need to keep pushing forward and starting start to make everyone accountable that is deserving to be treated as such. These people who committed crimes against our country, they cannot be let go and just given a second chance. They need to be held accountable and they need to be punished. All right, InfoWars founder and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has decided not to present a defense at his defamation trial in Connecticut, the Associated Press says. Now, he's done this before, and what that means, if you you decide not to pose a defense, then you lose by default. That's what he's done before. That's what he's going to do now. Then there will be a trial just to decide how much he has to pay these folks. He's going to be going to these court cases over and over again. And he's going to refuse to fight them. So he's going to lose by default and it's going to cost him a lot of money. This this man is going to be bankrupt before it's all said and done along with his pretty substantial company. Jones reportedly returned to Texas before closing argument to uh, determine how much he pay regarding his false claims that the 2012 Sandy Hook mass shooting was a hoax or a false flag. He's already tried that. It hasn't worked, so I'd be surprised if he tries it again. But these Trumplefucks, they're not the brightest bulbs. Jones was found liable by default last year for defaming the families of eight victims and an FBI agent who all testified that they have spent almost a decade being targets of harassment from conspiracy theorists. Jones was found liable by default last year for defaming them and intentionally inflicting emotional distress. So he's lost. He's done. His lawyers rested without putting on evidence or witnesses after the attorneys for the families wrapped up their case. They finished 13 days of presenting evidence by showing several videos from Jones Infowars, including advertisements featuring him testifying in the defamation trial about the products sold on his platform. The AP's report stated Jones was called to the stand by the plaintiff's attorneys early in the trial, a contentious appearance in which he called an attorney for the victim's family's an ambulance chaser, and said he was done saying, I'm sorry. He's getting frustrated. He doesn't know what to do because it's not working for him anymore. 
So he's just going to put his head down, take his whooping, and he's going to lose even more money. And that's going to be interesting to see how long it takes before they shut him down completely. Absolutely bankrupt him. It's not going to take long because they're handing out lots of money. Now, of course, we've got the uh, Russia-Ukraine war going on. And as much as Putin wants to make it look like he's doing well, they're actually doing horribly. And everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. Former CIA director and retired U.S. Army General David Petraeus said in a new interview that Russia can still inflict destruction upon Ukraine, but Russian President Vladimir Putin cannot reverse Ukrainian gains in the four regions Moscow recently annexed. That was the funny thing. They annexed these areas, and then they picked up their guns and ran like bitches. They gave them up. I think he's literally out of moves, Petraeus told CBS. He's trying all these different desperate actions, but the fact is, in reality, that that confronts Russia on the uh, battlefield in Ukraine is the Ukraine has a vastly more capable and larger force than does the country that is more than three times their size. Ukraine is literally overpowering them. Putin on Wednesday signed documents absorbing four regions in Ukraine, uh, in the south and the east into Russia, after the country's parliament approved the measure earlier this week. Petraeus predicted Ukraine would take back the entirety of those regions and perhaps even the Crimean Peninsula, which Russia annexed in 2014. The Kremlin says residents voted on its latest plans in a supposed referendum, but the vote and subsequent annexations were widely condemned by U.S. and Western officials as a sham and illegal land grab. Ukrainian forces, meanwhile, have continued fighting in those areas, even as Russia threatens using nuclear weapons, and it remains unclear the exact border of Russia's new territorial claim. The sham referendum, the annexation, that doesn't change anything, Petraeus told CNBC. The Ukrainians are already taking back those areas that have been annexed as about as quickly as Russia can annex them. Over the weekend, the Ukrainian forces reclaimed the key transportation hub of Lyman, located in the annexed Donetsk region and also made gains in the country's south in the annexed Kherson region. The gains became the latest embarrassment for Putin, who has faced steep territorial losses in recent weeks. It's going to be interesting to see what Putin does here. He is losing, but he's doing what Donald Trump did. Whenever he lost, he would claim he won and tried to make it look like he won. Well, ultimately, that doesn't pan out too well. That doesn't work because the uh, greater part of the country can see exactly what's going on. It's not well hidden. Everybody knows that he failed. And since he failed, what's he going to do? Is he going to keep doubling down and keep trying to uh, push this over on everybody? I'm sorry. Everybody knows differently. 
Everybody knows that it's all absolute bullshit. But still he tries. Again, this is so much like Donald Trump. He's wrong, and he refuses to be wrong, so he just continues to lie and attempt to gaslight until hopefully somebody gives in and says, okay, Donnie, you won. Okay, Vlad, you won. Well, that's not really going to happen here. It's just not going to happen. There's too much working against him. There's too much evidence that shows uh, it's just not true. It's absolutely not true. All right, here's an interesting story that has nothing to do with politics, but I like history, and I like when they find new shit, stuff that might be um, helpful to us when we're trying to determine what our history truly is. I mean, it seems like uh, the Republicans want a um, alternate version of what history actually was, and they're pushing it by banning books and such. Well, archaeologists have discovered the remnants of a classical statue dating back more than 1,800 years in the ancient metropolis of Philippi, or Philippi, in northeastern Greece. During the excavation, archaeologists unearthed the work from the Roman period, century AD or second century AD, depicting the mythical hero Hercules, also known as Heracles according to the statement from the county's Ministry of Culture and Sports. The team of researchers from Aristotle University in Greece focused their dig efforts at a site on one of the city's main streets, concluding in mid-September. The excavation also revealed an ornately embellished structure thought to be a fountain which the statue adorned, the culture ministry said. The archaeologists believe the structure dates back to the 8th or 9th century A.D., with the statement explaining the statues often decorated buildings and public spaces in Constantinople, now Istanbul in Turkey, during the Roman reign until the late Byzantine period. Described by the ministry as a larger-than-life statue, the artifact depicts a derobed youthful Hercules. Legend has it that Hercules, the son of Zeus, the Greek god and ruler of Mount Olympus, displayed superhuman strength and overcame 12 trials assigned to him by, by the uh, Roman king. Ex- experts identified the legendary hero based on the lion hanging from his left hand and a club, which was found in fragments, according to the myth. One of Her- Hercules' 12 labors was to slay an... Uh, Neman Lion, whose skin he wore later. On the statue's head is a wreath of vines uh, and leaves held together by a band that uh, extends down to his shoulders. So, they found a statue of fucking Hercules. About goddamn time. Now, I just find that interesting because so often we find things that have been dug up And we think we know what happened in history, and then something comes up and changes everything. Now, I don't know that this one actually changed anything, but it is something we haven't seen after all these years set to have happened in 1800 A.D., and now we're in 2200. Uh, That's quite a long time ago. So we still have time in this week. This is Thursday. 
It'll be interesting to see if we hear more from the DOJ, more from Georgia, more from New York, more from Donald Trump. This is one thing I think you can count on. As things get tighter out there, as things start closing in on him, he is going to be starting to talk a lot more. I think he already has, as a matter of fact. He's making posts on True Social a lot, and most of them seem incoherent and frantic, exactly the way we want Donald Trump to be. He is scared because he doesn't know what to do with this. He's never been in this position before, so he is flailing right now. But when it all comes down to it, well, they will be taken to task. Donald Trump and all his little Trumplefucks are going to pay a price. That's the one thing I would say to you. Get ready for a lot of indictments. Everybody's focused on Donald Trump, and that's fine. But here's the deal. There's a lot of people that helped him. A lot of people were part of this whole situation. They aren't protected. They don't have the coverage that Donald Trump has. So you can expect a ton of indictments. There were a lot of people involved in this situation, and uh, each one of them needs to be addressed. Because as much as we don't want Donald Trump back in office, these underlings that helped him out, I'd like to see them gone too. Because if they did it once, they're likely to do it again. And we can't afford something like this in this country. This country is hanging by a thread democratically. And we've got to have someone, if not everyone, be the hero and save democracy. I don't care what the Republicans say. This country is a republic. It's a democracy. And we at times may have to fight like hell to keep it. This seems like one of those times. Now, when I say fight like hell, I don't mean fighting in the streets and getting bear spray. I'm talking about continuing to be loud and talking about it. Don't take no for an answer and keep pushing your members of Congress and your Senate senators to do the right thing. It seems ridiculous that we have to tell them to do the right thing, but apparently we do. So as time goes on here, more evidence comes out, more depositions have been taken. It's upon us to keep this all in the narrative. Keep talking about it. Keep pushing it. Keep asking questions. Be a stumbling block for these people that are trying to roll over us because they most certainly will if given the opportunity. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time today. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow. So have yourself a great day. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.